0: No matter how you found us, I am so grateful that you're here on this journey. Right now, life is starting to feel a little more normal again. I know we talk about the new normal in our little intro, but I really am starting to feel a little bit more of that sense of normalcy again. I just took my first mini vacation since 2019. And I actually got the chance to experience the Van Gogh Alive Exhibition at the Dolly Museum in St. Pete. I did a lot of different touristy things while I was out there. I went to the Sunken Gardens. I explored the pier. I looked for murals. So I'll definitely be sharing a little recap of my trip on my blog in the coming weeks. And I can't wait to share that with you all. But honestly, the Van Gogh Alive exhibition was such a magical experience. There are so many of these Van Gogh installations that are popping up throughout the world. I don't know if we felt a little bit of the bug to see them after Emily in Paris, but in all honesty, they are incredibly, incredibly cool. I'm hoping to see them when they come to Orlando because it is a different exhibition And perhaps, maybe even in Miami as well. But I'd say, wherever you're located, either in the US or even throughout the world, definitely see if you can book a ticket. This was such an incredible experience. So, now that life is returning back to normal, it's time for us to start sprucing up our wardrobes. I know that yoga pants have been the look for the last year. We've all been in our sweats, tie-dyes, you name it. But our partner for today's episode is Rent the Runway, and that has been such a lifesaver for me throughout the pandemic, so I can look presentable on those Zoom calls, and again, that really does give me that sense of normalcy from you know the pre-pandemic days. Rent the Runway allows you to rent designer clothing each month at a fraction of the cost and it gives you a sustainable way to try on new outfits and put more time into you. They also have accessories and other really great items on the site. I personally am a big fan of a lot of the tops, but I did invest in a little varsity jacket that I rented for a couple of months, which may not have been the best idea in Florida, but I find so many amazing pieces on there that I never would have tried in the stores So I highly encourage you to check them out. It's the perfect way to treat yourself and to glam things up at work and on the weekends or on a night out, especially as we start to leave the house again. I'm going to leave my promo code in the show notes for you to take advantage of my discount on your first month. That discount changes from month to month, but be sure to check it out. And you can always message me if you have any questions about Rent the Runway or about what the discount is for the month that you're listening to the episode. Now, switching gears, I am so excited to introduce today's guest. Elise Quinn is the co founder and partnership director of Big Vision, one of Orlando's leading creative agencies, and the co founder of The Balcony Orlando, which is a beautiful open air rooftop venue with the most perfect city view. And I know this firsthand, it is absolutely gorgeous. Elise is also involved in countless community organizations in Central Florida. She has been recognized by the Orlando Business Journal's 40 Under 40 Awards and their Women Who Mean Business Awards, along with the I4 Business Magazine's Emerging Leader Awards. Elise and I first connected through our Women's Leadership Program, but we've gotten to know each other even better through her Women in Communications group that she founded not too long ago, and she'll be sharing more about that group in today's episode. Now, several of our listeners have been interested in hearing more about female friendships and how we can form connections as adults. I think this is something that so many of us struggle with. You know, How can we make friends when we're no longer in school, when we're no longer in the dorms, or in you know, pre-planned activities? And when this topic came up, I immediately thought of Elise. She is one of the most gifted connectors of humans that I know. She has also been a dear friend and supporter of the Wellness and Waterless podcast from the very beginning, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story. In this conversation, Elise shares her journey as an entrepreneur and her tips for standing out as a woman in the business world, whether you are working for another company or you're starting your own. We also talk about how to make networking less scary and instead forge meaningful connections, even for those introverts out there, and I'm one of them, so I really benefited from her advice as well. Her story is inspiring, and her passion for servant leadership is contagious. I cannot wait for you to hear more from Elise. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's conversation. Elise, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Great to talk to you, Valerie. It's so great to talk to you. Now, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and about your entrepreneurial journey
1: Sure. So I'm Elise Quinn. It's great to meet you all. I'm one of the founders of Big Vision. We're a full-service brand solutions and marketing firm. We're based in Orlando. Uh, We've got clients uh, across the nation and internationally, uh, and we have a lot of joy and a lot of fun helping clients anywhere from brand solutions to growth marketing, experience design, and digital technology. And from an entrepreneurial perspective, we were a husband and wife team. We started uh, after my husband was at Universal Studios in their creative department, and I had worked for uh, ad agencies for the last ten years, from New York City down the East Coast to Florida. And it was the right time. the The season is never one hundred percent right, and the lights are never all green, but. F- I took the leap of faith and it was the right time for me to be able to make the the change uh, and start my own firm, which was always my goal. So I grew up in an entrepreneurial family and uh, it's been seven years now of being an entrepreneur myself at Big Vision. And since then, we've launched other ventures and we've had a lot of fun along the way built a great team of phenomenal uh, creatives. We've got about 20 full-time team members, uh, and we really work to do the the best quality work at the most competitive rates possible and uh, supporting other passionate, driven business owners and, and companies to help them reach their goals.
0: I think that's incredible, and I'm always so excited to see what you're doing in the community and everything that you've been accomplishing as an entrepreneur and as a leader in Orlando, what brought you all down to Florida? Because I don't think you were originally from here.
1: I'm from New Orleans. Uh, I am a Cajun from a very swampy town right outside of New Orleans. And uh, I ended up in Orlando after getting my undergrad uh, in Mobile, Alabama, my MBA in Central Virginia. And uh, Harris Corporation had an office, uh, which was the company my husband was working for. And their office was uh, here in uh, Melbourne, Florida. And that got us closer to Orlando. So we had friends and their families that were based here. And we knew that it was a, a community that that was growing rapidly on all sides, one of the fastest growing cities in America. So we thought that it would be a great time to go there and build up opportunity and build up a business.
0: That's amazing. And we're going to have to offline because I have a cousin that worked at Harris at one point in Melbourne as well. So there's a possibility you may have crossed paths. Um,
1: it's a small world out there.
0: <laughs> it really is. And, you know, I always hear the phrase, um, you know, being in Orlando myself, that I don't remember if it's that Orlando is the biggest small town or that we're the smallest big city, but it's really <laughs> that. It really is one of those, you know, rapidly growing, but at the same time, it is such a tight-knit community, you know, in many ways. And as someone who didn't initially grow up here, you really have built a community for yourself. You've built a name for yourself. You've been very involved. How did you first get involved in the community? I think like anybody, you... You get to especially a new community and you don't know a soul. And so you have to
1: take that initial leap. And that leap is really uncomfortable sometimes. Um, So I tried to uh, sign myself up for as many uh, community events as I could find. And I would go into those events. And I'll be honest, the first few times it was absolutely terrifying, not knowing anybody to your right or to your left. So I finally told myself, you cannot leave this event that you're at until you meet Um, at least three new people. And so I was like, where do I even begin? So I literally just turned around and stuck my hand out to the first person behind me and said, Hi, I'm Elise. What's your name? (laughs) And it started off a beautiful friendship with somebody who was the executive director of a nonprofit called City Orlando. And they help people to they helped kids from you know, K through 12 to get across the stage to graduation uh, who would usually have been prone to dropping out of school earlier. Um, and that led to the opportunity to get involved, to volunteer, serve on committees, get to know their board. And it really kicked me off uh, just by sticking my hand out there to the first person near me. Usually people are really receptive on the other side. Everybody wants to make an, a friend, and especially at those kind of events, everybody's scared to make the first move. So you're not alone, and
0: so it just takes taking the leap. I totally can relate to that. I'm you know, an introvert in a very extroverted type of role in community <laughs> relations and communications, and... It can be so scary going to some of those events. I remember especially early on in my career when I really didn't know anybody. And a lot of times I'd have to go into the bathroom and just collect my thoughts, take a deep Mm -hmm. breath, and then go back out and be ready to talk to people. And one of the first events where I really did that, I ended up meeting one of the co-leaders or one of the co-founders of Athena NextGen, which is how I eventually ended up meeting you kind of indirectly and you know through the women's leadership programs we've gone through i think building relationships is one of those skills that is so important and something that i think not only helps us in our careers but it helps our overall quality of life what has the role of relationship building really been throughout your career i am sure i am
1: not alone and many of you guys are thinking this right now but relationships are the real currency At the end of the day, wherever you go, wherever you've been, uh, you never got there on your own. And when you think about anything that you've accomplished in your life, it was usually somebody else who had helped you get there. Um, And so relationships are just that. You're not going to get to the next step in life. You're not, we can't do very much alone, and we weren't designed to. And so when we embrace that opportunity, that everybody around us is just a friend waiting to happen, it makes the entire room way more welcoming and inviting, even if it's just the flip of the switch in your mind, uh, that the people around you are, that they have good intent and good desire. If you were to just reach out and say, Hey, I'd like to get to know you. Um, they usually want the same, um, especially when you're out and about in the community. So I definitely believe that the role of relationships has made my entire career. Um, I use my LinkedIn and have since I was a student as like my Rolodex. So every single person that I meet, I always aim to connect with them on LinkedIn. And it's been my way of being able to stay in touch with people over the years as seasons and, and jobs change, um, and career path shift um, to be able to always stay in touch with the people that you once knew. And not only that, I think it's a great resource for, for you and for them. You know, you've know, you got uh, the ability to be able to provide great value, and you never know when that can play out in an opportunity uh, for you or for them. So I think staying in touch with the people that you meet along the way and then looking for the opportunities to bring value um, just as to receive value is equally important. And the more time you invest in anything, the more you'll get out of it. And it's very much the same with relationships, be it personal or professional.
0: I think that's so true. I. When I was in school, I always thought of networking as that really sterile activity where you meet someone at the event, you exchange business cards, shake hands. It's a very, you know, this is what I do for a living type of conversation. Do you want to buy my services and kind of go about your separate way? And I really didn't understand that you're meeting real people in the business world just just because it is the professional world doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that there can't be some meaning in that. And I think that, you know, I've said this to you before, I think that you're really gifted when it comes to building community and building those relationships. And you've built a really special group over the years of women in the communication field in Orlando. And I'd love to know, you know, how have you created this group and really brought the non-superficial side of relationship building to the group, because I know I found it to be particularly helpful for me during a pandemic when Mm. social interaction just really, it's it's a lot harder to come by.
1: So true. At the end of the day, everybody's craving connection. And when you can have a peer group of other people who are like-minded, or even if they have differences uh, that you're coming around, one unified common ground, there's so much that can be uncovered there. And Whether you're thinking about starting your own group uh, in your communities, I would just say be really smart and thoughtful and generous in how you do it. And honestly, create a safe space for others to be able to do that, too. So if you can just think of opportunities like who are the people that that you want to thank, who are the people that have done things for you that have helped you to get to where you are and kind of bring those folks together, where, whether it be women, professionals, and figure out what's the common ground that you have together and let it help you to, to help one another rise. Um, I really do think that at the end of the day, Good quality community building just comes down to finding the connections between individual people and making those interactions meaningful. Treating each person like they are an incredibly valuable and important person and that they each have a story, that th- there are no ordinary people and no ordinary lives, that there's so much to uncover. And each of us has a little piece of what we've figured out to not just further ourselves along, but to further one another along. So I think that opportunity just to be able to pay it forward to the next person, to be able to encourage people and to be able to help them and just to find the platform in which to do it best. For me, it was being able to gather a great group of women who are also in communications roles, whether they be in marketing or sales, promotions. They could be in a variety of different community relations roles, Um, but we all come together as a united front, wanting to better ourselves, better our communities that we live and work in, and wanting to better each other. And when that's your motivation, then that's what comes out of it.
0: I absolutely love that. And I know, as I've said, like that group has been so inspiring for me throughout, especially throughout the pandemic, as we've met a lot more often, but being able to connect with, you know, like-minded people who may be having similar challenges or were able to help each other out in different ways, I think has been so beneficial and just personally rewarding as well. What exactly inspired the creation of the group? The origins of the group was actually a birthday
1: meal that a friend of ours who was in a communications role, she invited a whole bunch of friends around the table uh, to celebrate her birthday together. And we went around introducing ourselves and realized we were all in similar professional backgrounds. And so the entire night, it was such engaging conversation. Uh, We were all talking about best practices and tips and tricks and resources and what our challenges were. And each person at the table was like, We were on the same brainwave. Everybody got each other. And it was so refreshing to be able to just talk shop together, both personally and professionally, because everybody had a lot of similar backgrounds and experiences. Uh, And the things that we didn't have in common, we were really able to learn and glean insights from each other. So we kept it going, just meeting casually and very informally. Um, And then it kind of fizzled out for a little bit for, you know, maybe a year or two. And then um, I asked if I could pick it back up and uh, there was a unanimous yes. And then it just kept growing from there. Every time I'd meet somebody that felt or seemed like they would get that value or benefit from being a woman in communications to meet others just like her, um, we would just bring her into the fold. So as long as there were no uh, major conflicts of interest and everybody respected the privacy of everyone in the group, we were able to create a really fun, safe space and a dynamic environment to where we used to meet quarterly. Then we started meeting, um, through COVID every single week. And that has stayed in place for almost an entire year um, of ladies who just want to get together and think tank things. They want to share asks and gives with the group, things that they need to ask from the group and things that they want to give to the group. Um, So it's been a really fun way to have introspection, to be able to help each other with skill building, um, and then to be able to take each other to new heights with, with opportunities and resources that we all find for one another.
0: I think that's so great. And outside of that, we have a Slack channel as well. So we're Mm -hmm. able to kind of share beyond the meetings as well. And we have more things we can talk about along the way too.
1: Yeah. Slack channel, we have in-person events that we do. And then definitely our our calls have been really, uh, really powerful, but it's great to be able to have everybody at your fingertips 24-7, 24-7, and then to be able to do deeper dives and think tanks with each other, and then to be able to actually get to see each other every so often. There's nothing better than meeting face-to-face and in person.
0: I completely agree, and I'm so excited to kind of get back to that now that vaccines are slowly rolling out, and hopefully things are going to be safe soon to you know meet in person a little more often as well. And I've I've really just loved being a part of the group. I think that something that so many of us struggle with, and this is something that has come up on, um, on my social channels when I've shared, you know, what topics are people interested in? Something that people ask about, I think, especially with the loneliness of COVID is how do we form relationships and make friends as adults? Mm,
1: that is so true. In your opinion, why do you think that that's been a, a challenge for so many, especially those who are listening in?
0: I think, you know, when you're in school, you you know, you have that as kind of an anchor. Everybody has that thing in common that mm-hmm. whether it's those are friendships, sometimes of convenience or sometimes they really are, you know, some of the best friends I have in this world are people that I met in college, especially. So you have that commonality of, you know, you're going to classes, you have some of the same struggles, you have some of the same Hopes and, you know, just a lot of, you know, similar goals, even, you know, as basic as getting a job at some point or getting through the semester. And um, I noticed for me personally as well, I did very well with making friends in college and making friends in grad school. But when it came to, outside in the workplace, sometimes figuring out maybe the fine line between the professional and personal life or even, you know, as you're still figuring out, especially post-graduation or moving to a new place, being in a new community, what organizations do I want to be a part of? Who do I want to align with? And I think it can be, you know, sometimes there are so many options. You don't really know where you want to plug in. You know, And then with people being at different life stages, I think it can be different times. But it was so funny when I mentioned that topic on my Instagram stories. I, I think I got more responses than I have to anything about, <laughs> yes, we need to talk about female friendships and female relationships
1: it's true one thing that I've been learning this year as you're just as you're discussing you know your life experiences is that you, you have a lot of friends that you make in your life and I kind of call those friends like your lowercase F friends uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, somebody kind of shared with me but you only have a few capital F friends uh, the ones mm-hmm. that you really know and that know you and you've really given each other the permission to go deeper and so sometimes I feel like it's hard for women to even be able to make the lowercase F friends much less mm-hmm. finding those diamonds uh, in the midst of that that become your capital F friends, but that everybody's hearts are craving and yearning that. So when I think about tips that I have for helping you to build your professional networks and to build your your female friendships, um, I would say take advantage of every opportunity that comes in your path. Early in my career, um, I would say yes to everything. Every invite that came my way, every ask to go to coffees or conversations um, and seizing the chances that you get in front of you, um, I think that that can sometimes lead to some big changes that can happen for yourself, especially if you say yes to things that you would not normally have. You're going to spend time with, meet people, get to know people that you maybe otherwise would not have. And I think there's a lot of helpful experiences and lessons that we can gain from that. Um, And when we look back at the, the people that we've met in the past, it's not neglecting also the ones that God's brought into our path already. So you've got people that you've met in high school, people that you've met in college. And as you know, no matter what season you are in life, life happens and you change. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot to uncover, even in people that you already know. The way I sometimes word it is that we're all standing on a mine of diamonds. It's like everybody has this defeat and oftentimes we're so busy trying to tackle or chase the next relationship that we forget how many relationships we're already standing on that are so fruitful and valuable. But when it comes to new ones, there's so many opportunities to get involved in your local community and especially starting with finding the things that you're already naturally passionate about, the things that... You can find peer opportunities and trade associations that match and align with what you are personally trying to explore or professionally trying to explore. It's such a great way to be able to meet people. Um, And then there's a lot of great leadership development programs out there, Um, ones that are within your own cities, uh, ones that are more based on your interests. And those can be some really great ways to get to know people. And I would say it's not just getting to know other people, but it's also really investing in getting to know yourself as well. So some of those personality tests, if you haven't spent time doing like your Myers Briggs or your Enneagrams, your DISCs, your Strengths Finders, learning how you're wired and uh, what your personality is and what your interests are, I think has helped me to understand the relationships that I want to seek out, the relationships that I can best bring value and and elevate other people. And it's helped me to learn just how I can best engage with others in a way that doesn't make it as scary to meet new people, but rather one that you feel like you're in your element and you can set yourself up for success to do it.
0: I hadn't really thought about those personality tests and kind of looking inward, but you're so right that kind of knowing that about yourself really does help with the relationships you do have and the relationships you're trying to grow. And I love what you said about joining some of these groups in the community and really getting involved. When I first graduated college and I started at my job, I wasn't sure if it was unprofessional sometimes to be having some of these friendly conversations at these events because I thought everything needed to be so focused on, you know, the specific industry that you're in mm-hmm. rather than, you know, conversation about travel and interests. And I wound up one of the people at my first networking event who signed me in. I was at her wedding a few years later. And... <laughs> I love that. Just that ability to be able to make friends with whoever you come in contact
1: with and not to overthink it. You're so right. And it's it's the special interest groups, the things that like, if you go into just meet meetup.com and you just type in something that you are interested in, if it's sand volleyball or if it's something more professionally related, like there's something for everyone out there. Um, And it's just, forcing yourself out there to do it. So whether you decide to go with another friend, if you do, I would say promise each other that you're going to divide and conquer. That even though you go together for the accountability, that you're going to step away and you're going to each meet new people that night and you're not going to tag team together. But there's so many opportunities for events that are going on in your community. So whether you go to eventbrite.com and you just look up things that are going on locally, if you look up in your local newspaper, especially like your neighborhood papers, you'll see so many great events happening. Um, but the ones that are more networking related, if Events, I recommend as a starting point because people who are going there want to meet other people. They're going there alone oftentimes because they're desiring connection and new connections. And so if you're introverted and you're it's a little nerve wracking to walk up to a group of people that you've never met before, then I would say finding networking events in your community that you can go to, tag team with somebody else, but then promise yourself that you'll push yourself outside of your comfort zone and do it on your own. And that's where the magic happens.
0: Now, for those who maybe do need to go to some of those professional networking events and maybe they're new to an area or they just don't really know anybody yet in their industry, they're still kind of getting their feet wet or it's just maybe a new part of the community, but they're introverted, they feel really nervous to be there. What are some tips for kind of getting out of your comfort zone and kind of pushing past that fear a little bit so that you can get to the good conversations?
1: Yeah, great question. So from a high level perspective, I would say maybe start with volunteering around something that you're passionate about and really make it less about you and more about somebody else or something else, even if it's animals, just being able to volunteer alongside other people. But it's because you're going in there with the heart and the passion to be able to give back and serve. It's a great way to be able to just lose yourself in the service and maybe gain some friends along the way. But as an introvert, when it comes to more specific social skills, when you walk into anything and you're meeting with a group of people, there's oftentimes somebody who's facilitating that event. I always recommend, whether it's to students or to adults, um, go up to the people who are Putting on the event, facilitating it, they usually know other people in the room and let them know, hey, I'm new, this is my first time, and ask them if they'd be willing to introduce you to other people. They're a great person to start off with because they're so excited you're there. They're so excited that they're that that you came and they're so excited to help you make sure that it's a great experience. There's other ways that you can also make the most of it by just maximizing all the opportunities around the room. So, you know, if you show up, you are usually signing up to be at an event. There's people that you are just naturally in line with in front of you, behind you. It could just be, hey, how's your day been? And you can just strike up a really nice and easy conversation, hey, how'd you hear about this event? And then that's a really great way just to start exploring where the conversation could take you. I oftentimes tell students and even adults who are nervous about it and who are introverted, use all the other avenues around you. So you walk in and you see that there's a place with food and drinks. Go up there and use that as an avenue to be able to start a conversation with somebody. If you still feel like you're striking out, you said it earlier, run to the restroom, reset yourself, just give yourself a break. Don't put too much pressure on it and then go back out there. But oftentimes I also say make it a game. So challenge yourself. And especially if you go with another friend that you're not going to leave until you each collect, you know, let's say three business cards or or 10 business cards, uh, or even just to at least say that you met three new people and maybe you got their numbers so you guys can stay connected afterwards. So much opportunity in that. And if worse comes to worse and all else fails and you just don't feel comfortable doing any of those things, think about who it is that you want to meet. Think about the people that you already know and ask them, hey, do you know anybody who X. Anybody who's in this profession, anybody who's passionate about this thing, anybody who uh, volunteers in this capacity, whatever it is that you are looking to to do, or whoever you're looking to meet, just ask others around you that you're already comfortable with and have a great relationship with if they can introduce you. And oftentimes I find that the warm introductions are the best ones because they've already vetted that this is a person that they know you're going to like and get along with. And they've done a lot of the due diligence already just to say, this is going to be a successful conversation when you meet them and I'll warmly connect you guys. So by text or by email or by phone, you now have me as your middleman and I'm validating that this is going to be a great friendship between the two of you and you have something to offer each other.
0: I love those warm introductions because for me being a little bit shy even though you know over the years I've definitely built that network and I do feel a lot more comfortable than I used to there is always something to be said for having that friend or you know colleague there who's able to vouch for you and be able to say you know why this relationship is going to be a good one and I think that's those those have been some of the best introductions I've had that is so true And you never know where it can take you. So just keep saying yes. Absolutely. And I loved what you said about volunteering. I think that that is, in a lot of ways, a low-pressure way to make friends and to meet new people because at the very worst, if you're not meeting anybody, you're at least giving back to society and making the world a better place at the very worst, right? (laughs) (laughs) So true. Yeah. You know, I know you're really involved in the community. What, what causes, you know, are you passionate about? Yeah. When
1: you said that earlier, it made me think of a quote that I'd heard and I'll never forget it. And somebody, it was on a poster. I think it was for Starbucks. And they said, I regretted this last hour of volunteering. Said no one ever. <laughs> I'm like, that is so good. So if you don't mind, yes. I, can you ask your
0: question again? Cause I got so excited about what you were just saying. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, what causes are you passionate about? I know you're involved in quite a few. Oh boy, there is a cause for everything. So honestly, whatever you guys feel like in your heart of hearts
1: lights you on fire, you can find something in your local communities that can that can provide that and that are already paving the path. Um, for me, what lit me on fire was that I did not know how to manage my finances, and nobody teaches you that. You might take like a home ec course, but you never actually learn how to manage your personal finances, and you never learn how to be financially literate as an adult. How do you balance a checkbook? Most of us don't even have checkbooks. Do you use credit cards or debit cards? Do you buy or lease your first car? How are you going to pay for post-secondary education? What's the difference between a loan and a a grant? And so um, for me, I got really involved and excited about Junior Achievement and they provide uh, education to kids K through 12, teaching them about financial literacy, entrepreneurship, free enterprise. Um, And so I didn't grow up with any of that as part of my life. And it means so much to be able to pay it forward to the next generation. But beyond that, um, I love supporting uh, United Way. Um, I love supporting uh, Athena, which is the uh, leadership development program for women. Athena International is the, the name of the organization and NextGen is the name of the program um, that both you and I went through as well as many other uh, alumni. Nemours Children's Hospital. I love supporting uh, J4, which is uh, professional women, who are also Christians, being able to combine their work and their worship together. City Year Orlando that I mentioned earlier. And then there's just, there are so many more, but all I want to do is just make sure that you hear whatever it is that you are passionate about. There are nonprofits that support that, and they are so excited and ready for your skills, for your involvement, and even just your interest and support. Um, So please find ways to volunteer and get involved. It is the most enriching experience of your life. And I can tell you my personal motto in life has always been, and I still wake up every day aiming to achieve it, is to be a leader in service to others. And I think with that as your compass, it can only guide you in better places.
0: That is so inspiring and I really could not agree more with that. I think it's such a good goal to strive for just to be able to really serve and to give back. And I'm familiar with many of the organizations you mentioned and I think that they're also incredible. And Junior Achievement with their focus on entrepreneurship and Finances. I've done a little bit with their financial literacy program myself, and I'm sure that you know. For you as an entrepreneur, you've been able to really impart a lot of great wisdom for for these students. As a female business owner, what have you learned in your time, and what did you learn in that transition from working for someone else to owning your own business, and maybe being a female in the space as well? Uh, yeah. So I think honestly. As a female, there are a lot of challenges, but there are also a lot of opportunities
1: that are available to you. And when you work for someone else, you have a lot less risk. You have the ability to be able to soak up like a sponge all the best practices and all the worst ones. I feel like you learn just as much from the, the challenges, the issues, the failures of what you don't want to do, all the way to the things that you do want to do. So I was always taking notes everywhere I went with the goal of knowing I wanted to start my own company one day. And I really felt like it was important to learn under other entrepreneurs. So I would hopefully be able to avoid some of the, the mistakes and I could learn from them and always know that I had a safety net of, of their wisdom and advice and support. Um, so I think the more experience that you can get under like-minded people in whatever career path you want to take is invaluable. But especially if you want to be an entrepreneur, I think it's less about what you're learning in the classroom and way more about what you're learning in the real world. Um, so studying and learning and spending time with other entrepreneurs is is really valuable. And then I think it's just diving off the deep end. So whether you decide to go all in, like we did seven years ago and we quit our corporate jobs and my husband and I both decided to just start the firm and we just prayed and freaked out every day by what did we do? Is this going to work? And didn't pay ourselves the first year. And it was really, really tough. You have to be willing to make the sacrifices, but even if you're not ready, you're willing to to go all in. Um, There's there's side hustles that you could pick up and do. I mean, at 18, I started Mary Kay because it was the first business I can get my little fingers on and try (laughs) to start learning like sales and marketing and branding and and the power of being able to create experiences for other people and to be able to build relationships with others. Um, So I think whether you start your own side hustle from scratch or you join something that allows you to get your feet wet, see if entrepreneurialism is the right thing for you. Um, But if you love your craft, decide if you care more about doing your craft day in, day out, or if you want to be more of a business manager, because when you start your own business, it's a lot more people management and business management and finance than it is necessarily getting to always do your craft. It's all up to you and how you form it, but definitely need the business background and the finance background to really feel confident in being able to scale your company.
0: That's so true because you have to have that skill set of whatever it is that your company does, whatever you go into, but you're also managing the finances and managing HR and legal and everything from a certain point, or at least at the very least overseeing it. And there is a lot of commitment that goes into that for sure. So
1: true. And at the end of the day, I think I think you're right when you say it's definitely a big commitment. You've got to be de- you've got to decide what's most important to you. And uh, if you wanna go into entrepreneurialism, just be prepared to delay gratification. Um, because it it never all happens magically at the beginning. It's a lot of heart and a lot of hustle that'll get you through those tough years. Um, and it's a lot of skill. And if you don't have it, you can bring the right people alongside you. But it's definitely tough. Builds thick skin, but it Definitely is great character building as well. And even if you don't want to be the entrepreneur taking all the risks, you can always spend your lifetime supporting entrepreneurs. We have one team member who I absolutely adore, and you know her. Her name is Fran, and she's made it very clear from the beginning, I don't want to be the entrepreneur. I want to support the entrepreneur to make that vision come to life, and I want to help to bring that about. And so she's been our longest-time employee, and we have loved having her, and she's helped us to build multiple companies. Um, And we've been so thankful and grateful for people who make that their life's mission, just as much as we make entrepreneurialism
0: ours. I think that's so true that there is certainly a place for that. Entrepreneurs need the support as well. And I'd love to know too, for women in business, whether they are owning their own business or working for another company, what tips do you have in general for kind of growing into those leadership roles? Hmm
1: take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way.
0: And even if you don't have
1: the opportunity that falls in your lap, make it ask the people around you, especially your leadership. What more can I do? How can I help you get really good at managing and being disciplined of your own time? So you can um, take on additional opportunities and capacity to build your experiences across different skill sets. Um, Say yes, when there's a need and be ready to just do the hustle and, and, Make it clear what it is that you're ultimately trying to achieve. So have your sights set on you know what you want to do, and then bring your leadership team around you to help you get there. Let them know this is my goal of where I want to be, and ultimately this is the path that you know I want to try to forge forward. Do you have any recommendations, any advice, any tips? Can you help me along my journey? Um, I really want to grow in this company, and I want to see that through. And if you decide you know ultimately that you want to start your own thing. Just keep learning under as many people as you can before you do. We started our business really early, and so we had a lot of extra hard knocks along the way, and it's never a right or a wrong time to start it. It's just a matter of the discipline that you're going to give yourself, the hard work you're going to promise to dedicate to it, and the understanding that it's going to take a little bit of sacrifice to get there, whether you're working for somebody else or for yourself.
0: I think that is all such great advice and definitely some notes that I need to take for myself in my own career. So I really do appreciate that. And I would love to to dive into a few of our rapid fire questions for our listeners to get to know you on a little bit different of a level. Sure. Awesome. You know, what would you say we are wellness and list. is your top wellness tip? Uh, find a goal weight range that you
1: are going to find yourself happy and comfortable in and make sure it's a range and not just a specific number because that is so hard to hit. And then just adapt your
0: lifestyle around what it would take to stay within that range that you feel is healthy for you. I love that. And I especially thinking of it in terms of that range because I will go crazy with the decimals. (laughs) And at the end of
1: the day, it's so hard to control that. And yeah, staying
0: so focused on a number.
1: I always feel bad for friends who are focused on a number. I'm like, pick like within a five pound range and then you'll be a lot more happy and a lot more comfortable Mm -hmm. on the good and the bad days, everything in between.
0: Yeah. Because I always say like, oh, I see this one pound. I'm like, probably nobody else sees it and it's water. But (laughs) I love that. Um, What is your favorite travel destination? Oh, okay. I guess personally, I would say Switzerland has been my favorite.
1: Mm-hmm. We love Puerto Rico. We love Paris. We love Tokyo. Uh, I love Prague. I love uh, so many places, but I would say Switzerland and the Swiss Alps have been some of the most breathtaking sights I've ever seen in my life.
0: I am dying to go there. Oh, so good. <laughs> Now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Oh,
1: Okay, I'm very uh, outgoing. So at first I thought a peacock, but I've always <laughs> had a fascination for squirrels. So I'm going to go Ooh. with a flying squirrel. I am always running onto the next thing. I have a very short attention span and I am always zooming around. So um,
0: yeah, flying squirrel is my answer. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I might have to steal that one for myself, actually. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> We can all be flying squirrels together. Yes. Now, if you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Uh oh, violin.
1: Ooh, yeah. I would love to play the violin. That or just learning languages. If I could just, like, learn all the languages faster, you know, just be one of those people mm-hmm. that gets languages, that would be amazing too.
0: Yes, yes. And what is next on your bucket list?
1: Oh, International travel again. It's been so yes. long. We've all missed it.
0: <laughs> yes, We're ready
1: to get back out again.
0: For sure. I, I can say I am hundred percent agreement there. That is probably the next thing <laughs> for me yes. as well. Or at the very least getting on a plane again and doing something. but travel, for sure, I think for so many of us, do you have a place that you're thinking?
1: We're dying to go back to Japan. We absolutely love Japan and I would love to explore more parts of it. I'd love to explore more of Asia. And I honestly had never thought that I would enjoy or desire to visit Asia. I just always had this fascination with Europe and it is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but Asia just has so much diversity and dynamicism and mm. so much to explore and experience. So um, Singapore is on my list of one of the places I'm dying to see.
0: That's amazing. I've heard incredible things about Singapore. And I mean, Asia being such a huge continent, There are really I mean, there's so much my um, my dad used to as a pilot, he would fly to Asia and Tokyo was one of his favorite places that he went. I know now in retirement, I think Tokyo is one of the things he would do 5am sushi. And that's the thing I think that he misses the most.
1: So true. It's the freshest sushi right off of the boats and right out of the water. And yes, we didn't get in line for the 5 a.m. sushi and we regret it. So going back, that'll definitely be at the top of the list. Oh, for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, Elise, where can our listeners find you and connect with you? You can
1: find me most anywhere. So if you're on uh, social media, I'm most active on probably Instagram and Facebook uh, and LinkedIn especially. Um, So definitely look me up uh, and it's for LinkedIn. um, It would be linkedin.com backslash I N backslash Elise Quinn, A L Y S E Q U I N N. Um, And then I'll throw out my email address. If anybody has interest or need, especially on the branding and marketing side where big vision can support you. My email is Elise, A L Y S E at big B I G dot vision, period, V-I-S-I-O-N, and there's no dot com.
0: Awesome. I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes, and I'll link Big Vision as well so that listeners can check out your website too.
1: Thank you, sweet friend, and great job on this podcast. I have loved following it. I have loved hearing all of your guest speakers, and I've enjoyed watching you build this up so rapidly. You've done amazing.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you for all of your support throughout the journey. It's been so incredible and so helpful for me personally. And so I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom with all of us here today. Of course. So good to meet you all. And thank you so much, Valerie. Isn't she wonderful? As an introvert who works in a very extroverted career, I absolutely loved Elisa's tips for working the room when it may not be the most natural thing for all of us. Her commitment to giving back really inspires me and I love being a part of her women in communications group and having this built-in group of female friends I can come to for career and life advice. The conversations do get really deep and they do go beyond the typical networking and so finding a group like that for yourself I think is key to really moving forward in your career in a positive way and having a support system in place. So I really encourage you to look for a group like this or create one of your own that makes sense for you, whether it is location-based or career-based or what have you. Find something in common with a group of people and see what you can put together. For those of you who have been listening to the show for a while, this just shows the power of networking. Our guest, Christine Palkowitz from episode nine of the podcast is actually another member of this group. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly encourage you to check it out. Christine and I talk about the qualitarian lifestyle and how we can live more joyfully while working toward our health goals. It is a really good one and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Now, I have linked all of Elisa's information in the show notes, along with links to Big Vision. Her agency is doing really incredible work, and I can't wait for you to see what they're up to. Before we wrap up, I wanted to show some love for another podcast, that approaches wellness from a place of love. I've talked about them a little bit before. It's called Weight Loss for Foodies. And the show is all about getting out of that toxic diet culture that so many of us struggle with, myself included. Weight Loss for Foodies is a podcast that teaches women how to dump the diet mindset and develop a peaceful relationship with food and eating so that weight loss happens naturally without restricting any foods. Hosted by Mind Body Weight Coach Sherry Broder, the episodes discuss topics like how to kick our emotional eating habits, eating consciously, positive body image, and self care, and learning to enjoy the foods you love while losing the desire to overeat. And she actually put out an episode recently with a guided meditation, which you should definitely check out. New episodes are released on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, or really wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to check out Sherry's show, I've included some of the links in our show notes as well. As always, thank you for sharing a part of your day with us here at Wellness and Wanderlust. And if you enjoyed this episode, I say this every week, but it means so much to me when you share these episodes on your social media and tag me at Wellness and Wanderlust blog on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at Moses underscore says on Twitter, and I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to rate and review the show on whatever app you're listening on. It truly helps others to find the show. And if you have a topic you'd like to see, shoot me an email at Valerie at wellness and Have a wonderful day and I will see you next week.